detective. Thrill me. Thanks for joining us again. Look, Jared, this will be the first and probably only time I'll say this on the podcast, but we've got a treat Williams picture. <laughs> which, you know. What a treat. <laughs> oh, please. Fucking <laughs> hell. Oh, what a treat. Um, treat Williams in Deep Rising from 1998. Uh, and our. A friend of the show, Luke, has provided his thoughts. It's been too long, Luke. We we spoke on Instagram the other day, and it has been way too long, so it'll be good to hear your thoughts on the on the matter. But before we get to that, Jared, let's do a bit of a run-through. What have you been watching? I got to a little bit over the time, uh, watching a bit of... Watching a couple of TV shows, got onto a bit of Seinfeld and things like that, just to just to mix things up a bit. Just to keep it, keep it cool. Keep it light, keep it fresh. Yes. Um, I jumped onto the new season of Creep Show. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I so, saw the first episode. Yeah, I, I've watched up until the latest episode. I haven't seen the newest one that's out there, but I watched the first three, the three sort of two-parters that, that came out. Still good fun. Yeah. Still, you know, the quality varies between story to story, but there was a couple that I really enjoyed in there. Yeah. Um, so I'm still very, very pleased with that. Other than that, quite a few movies that I checked out. I watched Haunt. Which had been out for a little while. Was that on Shutter? No. Fox. Of course not. Oh, yeah. Not sorry. Still. Sorry. It's a horror film. <laughs> what the fuck was I thinking? Why would it be on Shutter? <laughs> no, I shouldn't be too harsh because they are they are starting to starting to get their act together a little bit and starting to get us a, a bit more content, but Haunt was not on there. Yeah, worth a look. Nothing out of the ordinary for me. It didn't really blow me away. Is it a slasher film? It is. It is. Uh, it's got a little sort of taste of sore as well. Mm. I didn't love it, but it was, you know, worth a look. I checked another DC animated one, Superman, Man of Tomorrow. More sort of solid fare from them. Getting on to Shudder, I watched The Editor. The so Editor. I ventured back into the, I think, what do they call themselves? Astron 6, the guys that did Father's Day and Manborg. We, we all know that you weren't a big Psycho fan of Man. Father, I was Father's not a big Day. fan of Father's Day. The Editor, I, I didn't mind at all. So there was some fun to be had there. It was a bit of it was a bit of a laugh. I certainly enjoyed it much more than Father's Day. The humor sort of the humor landed for me a little more on that one. Okay. So I thought that was worth worth having a look. I checked out Alone. Yes, well I've I've we spoke about this a little while back and I I was keen. Yeah. Look, it's okay. I really like the actor that is um, playing the role of the fella that sort of this, this woman comes across on the road trip. Mm. He played the sort of sheriff in The Outsider. Not the sheriff. I can't remember what he was. He was a deputy or something. He's a real ball bag, and he was excellent in The Outsider. Mm. And he was really good in this too, but I just didn't dig it. I found it. It was going for the slow burn, but there was points where I just found it too slow. And what was going on... Uh, it was just one of those ones where I couldn't help myself, but we're following this this girl so closely, and I, there was just points where I was just saying, what are you doing? Like, what are we doing? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? And there was quite a few of those that I just couldn't really get past. Right. Um, so I didn't love it, but again, worth worth checking out. I caught up on the dry, which yes. I know you saw and yes. were, were pretty happy with. Yes, I was. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good as well, pretty solid. Nifty little kind of uh, mystery yeah, angle to it, and I really liked the the idea that it was sort of tied up between two separate events that were were what thirty odd years apart. Mm. And like you said, you, you know, everyone's got their secrets along the way. 
So it was it was very engaging. Yes. Uh, I I checked out rewatched Shazam. Shazam, yes. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. I really Held really up. like it. I really like it. It's it's quite funny. I know some people didn't find it as funny, but I I um I watched it with my son and he was in hysterics again at certain points. Obviously a bit easier to please, but I had a I had a good good laugh at it too. And I just think it's got a bit more heart. The sort of the family storyline that it revolves around is pretty straightforward, but it, it hits you with a few moments that that do the trick. Yep. I saw Roald Dahl's The Witches. Oh, the, the new newer one. one. Oh, Anne Hathaway. Robert Zemeckis. Yeah. Reviews weren't great, and I think that probably played into my experience a little bit. I actually thought it was all right. Probably doesn't hold up to my experiences of the first one, but then I was a kid. Some of the change in, in scenery and setting worked out fairly well. Some of the effects where they try to make the witches look scary, it doesn't ma- match up to the kind of the the practicals, which, you know, you could look at those practicals and say, yeah, they're a bit... They're a bit average nowadays, hmm. but the CGI was just as just as sort of um, obvious and, and took you out of it a little bit more. Yeah. Again, if you were watching it at the age group that it's probably aimed more at, although it was M, but being aimed at the younger audience, that probably would scare them. The faces, the faces and whatnot were a little bit creepy. I also looked at had a look at the lodge. The lodge, yes. Mm. Pretty solid. Again, a slow burn. Well, this one was a bit more engaging because there was more people in it, so there was more sort of of the, of the 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 back and forth in the relationships that was going, mm. even when things were going a bit slow. It was focusing on what was happening in relationships and what was building and deteriorating and whatnot. Elvis's granddaughter delivered quite a quite a solid performance. Yes, and the endings are a bit of a belter. The endings really really affecting, and she's a big part of that. Mm. So. I would ha- I would have a look. It's definitely in the mould of something like a hereditary, not not up to that level, but it's it's sort of on that on that uh, same sort of playing field, I guess. Yeah. And the last one I checked out, Mortal Kombat. Oh yeah. Yeah. How was that? Did it live oh, up look, to the you know to the, the level of uh, you know cock <laughs> pulling well, the way we're doing as you before? like to as you like to put it. When I walked <laughs> into the cinema, I was like a man with three dicks. I, I was that excited, but. <laughs> Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. Your your mileage will vary. I know I've read a lot about some people who are still saying, you know, they'd take the old one any day any day of the week. This one for me it takes a different angle on on how some of the powers are kind of used. Mm. Some of the dialogue at times is laughably bad. But what tops that I think are the martial arts performers. Mm. The performances of people like Josh Lawson, who is basically there for comedy value, but gets his few moments to arc up and mm. get into some blues. Joe Taslam is fantastic as Sub Zero, and I think they use him at points a bit like a little bit of a slashery kind of ghost sort of mix. The way that he he gets into proceedings and things like that. But yeah, the the action elements, I loved all that, and so. The experience for me was very enjoyable. They were mostly really true to what you expected. Okay. Even with the, the way they treated some of the characters, the way they treated Sonya has already been linked back to how, you know, in the original game she was never really supposed to be there, but they decided we better have a girl and all this yeah. sort of stuff. And so they so they, they bring that into the storyline, yeah. which works really well. And I, I was very sceptical about um, Jessica McNamee because... 
I just couldn't envision her in this sort of role, but she was very good as well. Mm-hmm. She was excellent. So I was loved it. Bring on the next one. In Australia? Yeah. Okay. A lot of it, I think the um, Raiden's Temple sort of stuff was in like Cooper Pedy or somewhere like that. Right. So it's, yeah, a lot of uh, I think all of it was shot in Australia. Akko's in there. Akko? Akko gets a run. Far <laughs> oh, out. Did he run anyone over? <laughs> he didn't run anyone over. He was putting on an he was putting on an American accent that I can imagine uh, some of the Americans that might be listening and looking at yeah, going, Holy God. shit, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> Much like we have we have with a lot of the Australian accents that have come up correct, on these things. Akko's not your man. No, Akko's no. <laughs> better served with a little bit of raw fucking rhino. You're <laughs> the one who told me to put dirty Bullets into a, oh, bullets into a dirty fucking gun. <laughs> that's more his bag. Oh, uh, okay, okay. So that's everything. Yeah. Mm. All right. I almost completed Copper Kai season two. Mm. I'm right at the end of that. And enjoying it. Enjoying it well a lot. I watched Searching for Darkness number two mm-hmm. on uh, Shutter. Yep. And I really enjoyed that. Look, it's bloody long. And yeah. it probably. Drags a touch here and there, but for the most part, it's just a nice little exploration of 80s horror. Bit of a trip down memory lane. Yeah, 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 you know. Some of that shit that I had to sit through mm. back in the day, um, but I really enjoyed and it. The, you know, you so kindly sat other <laughs> people through as well. Yeah, I can't so kindly rip, uh, put young children through. <laughs> it's always good. Look, I finished Walker episodes eight and nine. <sighs> Look, they're starting to get something. Yeah. Trying to find something. Yes. Right? Yeah. But the problem is, it's got nothing to do with Walker. No, <laughs> like, no. like it's all the, the the sort of side players yeah. who, are, who are bringing a little something to the to the mix. You know. Although, as I sort of alluded to last time, they seem to be developing something that was going to run through the rest of the season, and then Bob's your uncle we wrapped her up in two episodes. <laughs> oh, yeah. and I'm sitting there going, what? <laughs> I thought that we were, well, I thought, they had a fucking quarter season break to get to. <laughs> That's right, of course. Yeah. And, and Jared, as I pointed out when I got here, they're on fucking break again. <laughs> get an episode last week. Well, it takes a while to get a quality episode. Note to Walker. Fucking get out there, mate, because you are losing fans by the bucket load. Yeah. And it's... Difficult to even say fans yeah. <laughs> at this stage. Although Walker's, I, th- I feel like Walker's got a little bit of the Kramer quality for you. You know, it's hideous. You cannot <laughs> look away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right there. Yeah, I can't help myself. I'm nine deep. <laughs> you haven't managed to wrench yourself away. I, I cannot wrench myself away. And I just know, I just know that towards the back end of episode nine, where. You know, Walker just gets a look in the eye that says, "I might grow, a, I might grow a bit of stubble and start kicking some ass here." You were just, you were just tickled, so just a I, little bit. Um, I, he is very much like Kramer, but more in the sense of the man's a man's a goblin. <laughs> <laughs> I think he possesses a rugged masculinity. Yeah, that, that's what I think is where I'm going. Is that it is a goblin, yeah. <laughs> but I can't help myself now. But unfortunately, Walker doesn't have two weeks to turn into a shrunken head because he'll be on hiatus for like one of those weeks at least. Like, it's just too many breaks. It's a joke. Too many like, breaks. I need a I few have a, episodes on the trot. I don't know whether Stan is is doing that deliberately a little bit. 
I don't know. I haven't been following the release schedule in the States, but I know the CW does that. They do have these little episode break here and there and then a mid-season break and all this sort of shit, but I feel like we're getting even more. Yes. And I don't know whether it is. <laughs> I thought they were rushing it out to us, but... <laughs> yeah, not. well, okay. That, look, I'll leave it there. If Once we get to episode 10, I'll let you know where I'm at. Okay. Oh. I watched the documentary about Whitney Houston. Oh, yeah. Look, I'm not going to lie, she didn't really come off that, that well. Mm. Because a lot of it was footage taken backstage. Yeah. And maybe it was bad footage. You know, maybe they picked... I think the documentary was kind of slanting a little bit mm. towards, certainly towards Bobby Brown. Now, he didn't... According to the documentary, he didn't get her on drugs, but quite frankly, you know... Didn't help. Yeah, look, the guy's a dildo. <laughs> not not to put a finer point on it, but it... it she was going up and he was going down. Mm. And then it was, would seem that he kind of, his kind of yeah, brash kind of over-the-top sort of way about him, I think it pulled off some of her fans. That, that, that's kind of how it sort of came across. Mm. So it, it, he, he didn't come off well in the doco either. Yeah, although it seems like she was also presented as something that perhaps she wasn't. Perhaps, so yes. She had more of a bit of a diva vibe going on than Correct. when she first started. It was a bit more kind of yeah, you know, um, bubbly girl yeah. next door sort of vibe. And, yeah. and, and things did seem to have changed. That that was kind of how the documentary presented things. Yeah. The, the more fame things did and change. Obviously, yeah, the more fame, if you are on drugs regularly, that's not going to help that sort of shit yeah. either. So, yeah. So you can kind of see how it went. Look, it was interesting. And I was in. I, I did want to see it just strictly because of you know the the whole situation there, and, mm. and I did want to know. Don't yeah. lie, you 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 rock Whitney regularly on oh. your Spotify playlist. Look, I'm not gonna. A little bit of how will I know? You you wind the windows up, and listen, crank it loud. Listen, yeah, 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 turn it down, and everyone comes along. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Look. Uh, it, uh, it's never, it hasn't currently been proven, but maybe <laughs> I may have, you know, something on Spotify there yeah. involving Whitney yeah. Houston. Mate, I'm look, more the of woman a, could sing. I'm more of a want to dance with somebody. Yeah, that's, myself, more, that's my jam. <laughs> I'll cut that. <laughs> no, she was a very talented artist. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just very interesting to see kind of that, that un- under-the-surface kind of situation which paints things very differently, I think. Yep. I also watched a really good one on Stan called Bruno versus Tyson. Mm-hmm. It was all about Frank Bruno um, wanting to get a crack at Tyson for the heavyweight championship. Yep. And how he couldn't... He finally climbed the mountain. Like he, Tyson beat him early on, and then he finally climbed the mountain and became the heavyweight champ. But he just couldn't leave it. He, he he felt he needed another fight to sort of with Tyson and put it on the line again. And of course, Tyson knocked him over. But it was just intriguing to see because Frank Bruno was kind of meant to like this. He was like this lovable guy that everyone liked. Mm. Whereas Tyson was this aggressive kind of you know people that everyone was scared of. So it was a nice yeah. little counterpoint. And that, and there was because the know, second was the second fight. After Tyson had been to prison, prison yeah. and yep. had a very different kind of demeanor and yeah. reputation, different reputation. Yeah. and there's a really nice bit at the end where they meet again now mm. and talk to each other, and and you know it's Ty- Tyson's mellowed. 
Yeah. You know, and, and I thought that was a nice sort of way to cap it. So it was a handy docker. It was a stand original. Shit. Or a stand exclusive. Didn't know they were doing that. <laughs> I watched Daylight. Sylvester. You didn't. I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of that. Let's <laughs> not discuss it anymore. Because I believe you mentioned, once again, I believe you mentioned, oh, yeah, I remember it being a decent film. <laughs> oh, no, it was all right. It was all right. Yeah. Like, it's... it's it's exactly the same template as Dante's Peak. Mm-hmm. And I think that might be written by the same person. <laughs> um, so it it follows all the beats. There's a couple of really nice action scenes. And, you know, Sly, Sly always gets me there mm. for the most part. And he's credible in that type of role. So Is I was he? okay with it. Yeah, he's credible. Mm. Well, when Somewhat. I start talking about Fast and the Furious, <laughs> I'll tell you he's not fucking credible. Right? Okay. I watched Beverly Hills Cop. Ooh. Fucking love that movie. Yeah. You know what? I said this to my wife, and I may have said it on this podcast previously, but Axel Foley is one of the best performances of Eddie Murphy's career, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's fantastic, and he fluctuates nicely between yeah. a bit of a hard-ass occasionally, comedic timing... Yeah. Um, those bits where he kind of showcases he is a good cop. Mm. Like, it's a really, really good movie. Almost recaptured that sort of that, that sort of vibe with Metro. Almost. No, you know, <laughs> missed that vibe with Metro, if I remember correctly. Have you watched Metro Wrestling? No, I didn't. I was going <laughs> oh, to jump on gonna, it. I will, I will. I just can't, you know, every time I see that picture of Eddie with the cornrows <laughs> you can't. on the thing, I just can't. <laughs> you can't bring yourself? I can't bring myself to yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, look. It's a fantastic film, and we're going to follow it up next week with um, Beverly Hills Cop 2. Good. I don't remember 3 very well, so I'm going to give that No, 3, around. yeah. It's I don't remember it very well, but I remember it's not so great. Yeah. I watched The Hunt. Oh, yeah. Loved I enjoyed it. The Hunt. Yeah, I thought it was good. It was really interesting, because um, a mate of mine who's not into that sort of film, he sent me a message one day going, have you seen The Hunt? He's like, oh, it was nothing like I expected. And I, I got exactly the same. It just kind of it dug into a little bit of interesting. Didn't go too deep, but it was enough to have me sort of go, and that was different. It was intriguing. Yeah. And I thought they did a really good job with it. And yeah. I really liked the way they kind of almost kept you guessing as to who the hero was going to be. Yeah. For the first and half hour. Betty Gilpin is yeah, yeah, outstanding. Right. She's just a great, great yeah, actress. Yeah, good actress. And I, I had, I'd barely even seen her until Glow. Yeah, yeah, neither did I. She's really good in it. What else did I watch? Why Did You Kill Me? It's a doco on Netflix about a, basically a girl was shot in a drive-by and then the hook here is that the family used MySpace to kind of connect with someone who might have been involved. Hmm. And that, it sucked. Oh, okay. It sucked. I, I didn't like it because, quite frankly, I found it, it was an interesting hook, but it didn't really go anywhere. Okay. And it just it just meandered for an hour and a half. Netflix, get your finger out, true crime wise. Yeah, Jesus They've Christ! They've really been letting us down there. They've got one coming up about Son of Sam. Yeah, I heard about that. And this seems like an interesting hook. Was he? Is there someone else that was involved? Yeah. But I'm I'm concerned because the last yeah. few have been really average. Well, the Night Stalker was the point where I was just I was really disappointed with that because it had such potential. potential. The way that it looked was fantastic. The people they had access to, 
great, but it just missed so many marks. I really took a bath on the Cecil Hotel. Yeah. I didn't like that at all. No? I found that really... Really and I mean, cool. you were already in a, in a <laughs> you're already mysteries. in a twist about unsolved mysteries. <laughs> oh of, man, the lack of cryptozoology <laughs> and supernatural. No, sorry, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I had my nuts taking a twist over that though. Yeah, because I I think that has no no fucking business being on television. <laughs> to be honest, well, well it does. It it's not business being on television. <laughs> But in its old, yeah, yeah, in look, its old look, format, yeah, yeah, its old format. Give me a new, a new host who's also a bit of a ham. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what I need. You know, yeah, that was what yeah. Stack brought to the table. He was yes. that hammy kind of presence. He was ham, but he could bring the necessity, the the, the necessary gravitas, gravitas to the very serious cases that were being presented Correct. from time to time. Okay, I, 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 and to Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> I st- I managed to watch the Mighty Ducks. Oh yeah, game changers. Yeah, they've done a pretty good job. Yeah, I'm that. assuming. I'm assuming they're bringing the Cobra Kai template. Kind of yes, bit. yes, a little bit, a little bit of that. Cobra Kai's taken some chances mm. and twisted some things at the right time, and it's an interesting look at, as you said, they kind of reimagine the whole thing. Yeah, but. Mighty Ducks doesn't do that to the extent. No. But, but I do, so from what I know, the Mighty Ducks are now the power. Yes, yes. Right, which was the other team in the yeah. original Mighty Ducks. So exactly. They- so they switched that on its head a little bit. It's good to see Emilio back. Emilio looks like Martin and sounds like Charlie. <laughs> so I'm not That's, sure what's happened to him. Has he got the same tiger blood running through? Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's through winning, all right. He's winning. <laughs> he's winning. Look, it's worth a look. Okay, let's get to the, the real shit. Meat. I told you that I would watch Fast Five. Yep. By the time we did our next podcast, I watched Fast Five and Fast Six, <laughs> and I'm about 40 minutes into Fast Seven. Right, okay. So I've, I've done a bit of a dive for Yep, you. yep. Look. Where are fa- we at? Fast Five is wildly entertaining. Yep. I enjoyed Fast Five a lot. Dumb as dog shit. These movies are dumb as a box of hammers. Some of the dialogue is terrible, like (laughs) terrible. But you know what you're there for, and it's the high-impact, high-energy sort of action scenes and the set pieces, and because they switch to the heist, that shit works. Mm. Um, It gives you something to cling to rather than listening to The Rock about bullshit lines about this that, and the other where I, a couple of times I just went, oh, oh, my God, you know. But I still clung to the heist. Hmm. And the action scenes are really well done in Fast Five. As silly as dragging a fucking bank vault along the road <laughs> is, it was still fucking awesome the yeah. way they did it. Yeah. And... Shout out to Tyrese and <laughs> Ludacris, who are my favourite characters, even though they're only in it for a handful of minutes. Yeah. They kind of bring a little energy yeah. to things, and there's a nice chemistry between a them. A few laughs. I think it works, and a few laughs. And I said to you, I would go for a spin-off with those two. Mm. Because you reckon think, they, can ho- they can hold it? For I the- think so. Okay. I think so. As long as you um, amp the action up as well, I think you can get away with it. It would be like a buddy cop type of template yeah. you could use with them. Yep. 
And so, yeah, big, big um, raps on them. Fast Six, on the other hand, for a while I was fairly comfortable hmm. with Fast Six. But, Jesus, the, the, the final action scene is fucking lunacy. <laughs> it, was, it was so over the top, but yet so poorly directed. I couldn't see what was happening. You've got people hanging off the ass of the plane. You've got people inside having fights. Yeah. Things don't match up. Someone gets punched in the face, falls to the ground. Then we go away for like two minutes. We come back and that person's just getting up off the ground. <laughs> like, you know, the, it really goes to shit. Mm. Even though the tank scene, I was a big fan of the tank scene. I was loving yeah, the tank scene. I think, scene. if I recall correctly, I think that's where Fast 8 suffers a little bit. It tries to ramp up. The, the scale of all that. And submarines? Is that the hold. submarines? The submarines, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't quite hold. Yeah, you know, talking to you, I, I a couple of times I was going, fuck, which one was that again? Yeah. So I better go back and check yeah. it out myself. Pro- okay. Run through the series They're again. the positives yeah. for me. Yep. Again, Fast 6, Tyrese. <laughs> <laughs> and look, Tyrese, he's not counting punches. No. There's a sequence where he gets the shit kicked out of him. Yeah, that's right. So those that sort of stuff I was in, I was I liked, mm-hmm. but it kind of goes a little bit pear shaped by the end. Yep. Okay, the negatives. Vin Diesel is just far too serious for this sort of material. Mm. I need a wink and a night, you know, and a <laughs> little bit of looseness in the performance. But yeah, he he is just so stiff. Look, I was starting to feel like perhaps I was just a Vin Diesel hater. You know, with my with my continued bewilderment <laughs> of how he was, how he sort of became into this this star realm. Well, because I just don't think he is. We know how he became a star. His singing, yeah, of course. <laughs> his, his I forgot. I knew, you know, his singing career was really what was lifting it up. But I, I don't think, you know, it's very rare that I've seen him in a movie and just thought he was awesome. Yeah, the thing is, he could work in this role. If he could lighten up, yeah, yeah, he's got he's got cigarlitis. Yeah, it's very much so. Like Where Don Toretto, he is, is just, so he is so masculine. You can tell by the later films; it feels like he's super protective of the character. Yeah, and he's got to be, you know, Mister Fucking King shit at everything. Yeah, yeah, I just can't have that. No, you have to be fallible at times. Yeah. Or these can like the thing is, I mean, I, what do I know? <laughs> these, this is these are billion dollar films, okay? Yeah. So I understand that you don't change that. Not now. No, of course. You've just raked in billions of dollars. But I feel like my sense is the direction that his character goes is that it's like those movies are a success because of him, because of we, Don Toretto. Not. That's not the reason that I'm watching those movies. In fact, when Dom's on the screen for lengthy periods on his own sort of journeys, I'm kind of sitting there going, oh, fuck, where's Tyrese? (laughs) Yeah, where's Tyrese? Where's Ludacris? Where the fuck is... I mean, even The Rock. Like, The Rock has some very smelly lines. He does. And probably, probably, you know, written in by Diesel, scribbled out <laughs> other lines and wrote some shit ones in pencil, hence the feud and then talking about candy asses and all this sort of shit. And he's overjacked. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's where I'm going. A little yeah. bit overjacked. <laughs> he's a bit too big. Yeah. But 
He's got presence. So if you swap Toretto, like if you put Diesel out of Toretto and put The Rock in that role, you get a bit more looseness. He's just more likable, and he, he's proven that he can have a bit of fun. Sometimes, probably to his detriment, he tries to have too much fun. But are you he, talking about Tooth Fairy? Yeah, well, you know, a little bit of that, a little bit of Central Intelligence. Uh, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but I appreciate the guy for that because he's shown that he can have a laugh and he can. You know, when we see him on the footy show with Bo Ryan, he is not above making a bit of a dick of himself occasionally. Yes. For a, for a couple of laughs, and now, that's what you like about the bloke. Now, I will say this, though, back to the positives. The fight between him and Toretto in five, it's a rock, It's a solid one. Yeah. I dig it. I don't know who counted what. So who won on points <laughs> on that one. <laughs> but it's a, it's a good, solid scene, and it's good to see yeah. two sort of big units going at it, and they both give as good as they get. You know, mm. which I liked. Now the point scoring may have happened, but it seemed pretty, pretty natural. Yeah. You know, I want the fight to kind of go how it probably should. Yeah. Know? And that's how it did. So I'm not against that. Just I just need Diesel to lighten up though. Yeah. That there's no lightness in the performance. There's no sort of having a bit of a laugh. Well, he delivers some of those speeches about. You know, living your life quarter mile at a time. He delivers it like it's fucking Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah. It's not Ben. Yeah, yeah. It's, he's always talking about family, and he's got that fucking voice. <laughs> yeah. It like, sounds like he's been punched in the throat. Yeah. <laughs> so Break into a song and we'll be happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How come his vocal, how come his, his um, singing voice is so, <laughs> so beautiful? Yeah. So sugary sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Yet his his uh, acting voice is so fucking gruff and stupid. Like it just feels like he's trying to be too tough. Yeah, definitely. And I can't have that. <laughs> no, <laughs> I can't no. have that. Um, so yeah, that's why I gravitate towards Tyrese. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I am. I am. You see the indicator. Okay he's that. having a rough time. Of it. Yeah, well, I believe he was having. I, mean, I think you know. I, I, it was, I believe it was a couple of years back when I think he might have been struggling around Christmas time to provide presents for the family or something like that, according to him. I ran into an article about him the other day. It said that he was shaving his girlfriend's pussy on Instagram. Which uh, okay. strikes me as being not very, uh, not very normal. But <laughs> no, maybe that. Yeah, well, maybe that's what you got to do when you can't afford Christmas presents. <laughs> you got to branch out a little bit. <laughs> so he couldn't spend eighty nine ninety five on a waxing session. <laughs> so he decided he better do it himself. You know, we're counting pennies, love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Fast, fast five was a winner. Fast six was a turd. <laughs> not a turd, but it just it wasn't as good. Yeah, not up to the same standard. Um, and fast seven seems to have got off to a flyer, but Statham's a little bit off mm. for me. Yeah, he he doesn't seem as comfortable in in seven when we first meet him. Maybe he leans into it a bit more. I don't know. Maybe. Okay, but if I had put a gun to my Maybe head... Maybe when you just started your, your shooting day and you've been handed a sheet that says, <laughs> this is how many points you take today, and you're not happy with that, sometimes that comes out in your performance. Because I believe he was, he was not above points. Wasn't he? Statham was in I on the points I thought Statham would have been the sort of bloke who would have said, what the fuck uh, is this? He was up to his arse in it too. <laughs> was he? Yeah. Has anybody got any sense on that? I don't know. <laughs> 
I don't know. Good God, I hope John Cena's got some. But wouldn't you, I mean, can't you play that for comedic purposes, that, you know, Statham's a tough guy, but then he runs into these, you know, The Rock's a mountain of a man compared to Statham, and cops a bit of a bit of a whack. Like, what's wrong with that? Let's be honest. If If you were serious and those two came to blows with their respective skills, yeah. Statham would get walloped. Yeah. He'd get Statham walloped. Statham would be I mean, stripped Statham. down to his leopard print, <laughs> le- leopard print trunks in a matter of seconds and I can paddle. <laughs> yeah, he'd be fucking told, dance for me, boy. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of bullshit. So, yeah. See, I don't understand this stuff. I mean, no. I think the conversation should go, hmm, yeah, I should take a few more points. What the fuck are we yeah, doing? Yeah, look, if you read the script and you're not happy with the script, that's okay, but if you're reading the script and it's a cracker of a script, but you're saying, I, I get punched too many times, you can piss off. <laughs> you know, as and, you said, you need a director to say, I'm not putting up with this bullshit. No, you are getting hit you, this many times. You need a director to say, listen here, this isn't real dipshit. Yeah, and does it know? matter if the scene is plays out in spectacular fashion? It doesn't. Yeah, no one's gonna, care about Nobody's going to think you're less manly. Yeah, that's idiots. right. Idiots. Yeah. I mean, honestly, so if I had to put a gun to my head, though, Jared, and watch Fast and the Furious film from Fast Five onwards or Mission Impossible film from Four onwards, I'd watch a Mission Impossible film. Yeah. They well, just actually, they seem to be a little better written, going better back, acted. The first one's much better than I remembered. First Mission Impossible. You know, last time I watched it it was far better than I remembered. Second one we've we've spoken about. <laughs> yeah, look, that had some problems. <laughs> but you know, three is okay, four onwards. Great stuff. And so. look, Cruise isn't above getting a laugh if you have to. Mm. Cruise is not gonna not much in these no, ones. No, not in those ones, but he's not going to growl out his fucking lines every minute. No. Right? I mean, he's got to save his voice for yelling at people, <laughs> <laughs> people that are putting their COVID protocols. Open COVID protocols. <laughs> yeah, 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 shit, yeah. Keep That's your right. voice down. You've got to have full voice to, to <laughs> Make sure really you're having your limbs, hips and yeah. shit, you're ready, because full well, voice to unload on those poor bastards. You're telling the place that they've, they've fucked up the COVID <laughs> protocols that they're lucky they're not out of their ass. Yeah, yeah that's always good for us. Yeah, look, I would take a Mission Impossible. They're better acted. They're probably the dialogue's better. And the stunt work is on par. Mm. And he seems to do a lot of it himself. Well, which, yes, he does because he's a fucking, fucking mad, scary. He's a mad bastard at this point. He yeah, just, yeah, he's lost the fucking plot. He's, he's he seems intent of... in putting himself in every dangerous situation that he can on those films. Yeah. So, so I appreciate that. Whereas I think Vince doubles doing a lot of work mm. in the Fast and the Furious film. Yeah. So look, I, I went and look. I'm not knocking the Fast and the Furious films. I actually found them very entertaining. At the end of the day, and I was surprised because I was coming in pretty low. Mm. I was initially coming in thinking I'm not going to enjoy this at all, and so I was pleasantly surprised by them. Good, but that's it for me. Excellent. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, here's the trailer for 1998's Deep Rising. At a depth of 4,000 feet, they roam harmlessly, minuscule, and unseen by human eyes. At 20,000 feet, 
they've been known to eat full-grown sharks. But what if those at 40,000 feet were to rise from the deep? Deep Rising from 1998, written and directed by Stephen Summers, who uh, wrote and directed The Mummy. It's produced by Lawrence Mark, who produced I, Robot, and John Baldici, who produced Happy Death Day. stars Treat Williams as John Finnegan, Famke Jensen as Trillian St. James, and Kevin J. O'Connor as Joey Pantucci. The budget was $45 million, and the box office was $11 million worldwide. Now, a bit of trivia here, Harrison Ford turned down the role of Finnegan and then the production's budget was downsized. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Thanks, Harrison. <laughs> Thanks for walking away. Yeah. Although you've you've got a you've got some um you've got uh, a thought that Harrison never really <laughs> never really touched on this one. No. I don't you think, think that might be a bit I don't of... even think he I don't even think he picked up the script. I think he just... His agent might have had it. His agent had a, had a look at the synopsis and just said, not for you. <laughs> yeah, you take yourself way too seriously. Yeah, that's right. This isn't for you, mate. All right, look. As I said before, Luke, friend of the show, Luke, has, uh, has provided his thoughts, and I'll just whip them out to start with. He gave it two and a half out of five. He actually saw this for the first time in a movie marathon. It's like we'll see them in 1999. I mean, you know, I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you, mate. Yep. We went through a couple of uh, movie marathons that, quite frankly, I wish I hadn't. <laughs> no, you loved every minute of it. Remember there was ones where we were going to, we were constantly going to night at the Roxbury? <laughs> yeah, I think we saw that at like three movie marathons, didn't we? Fucking hell. <laughs> I mean, love that movie, but shit, I don't need to say it three times. Yeah. And not at bloody Sparrow Farth, yeah. you know. And I also, uh, I believe I copped Varsity Blues four times at the series. <laughs> a couple of times at movie marathons. Another good movie. Yeah, don't need to right. see it four times, though. <laughs> no. in, in, in not, especially not in uh, what seemed to be about a three to four month span. Yeah, yeah, pretty quick. Look, Luke felt that, look, it, it, it's a B movie. It's kind of a switch your brain off that delivers. It has its fair share of problems, and nothing in it is really anything that we haven't seen before. Mm. But it does; it's got it sort of overcomes all that with some some decent line delivery, a simple kind of story, some pretty good practical effects, and he kind of he dug on the creature. Yeah, and I th- I, I kind of agree with him now. So the creature was an interesting creature. Yep. Um, he also says. It would have been interesting to see what it would have been with Harrison Ford, and I believe Claire Fulani was in it briefly, and then they yeah. she had some disagreements and left. I would like to have seen what it would have been with Harrison Ford. If there would have been a hell of a lot more money, I would have thought. But I think you might be correct. 
is this really Harrison's bag? Hmm. I mean, you can see him in his kind of Indiana Jones days in this, but he was already creeping into the sort of curmudgeonly Harrison that we know now. Yeah, we know I love crashing planes. (laughs) Crashing planes, (laughs) telling people to piss off and whatever. You know, taking interviews, just just doing whatever he can to fucking get through the interview and get out of there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 98... He would have been in stuff like kind of Air Force One and stuff like that by then. Maybe his tastes were... I just can't see him battling a fucking tentacled monster. No. You know? I would have loved Indy Harrison Ford doing that to see what he's like, but I just don't. Yeah. And I suggest he would have looked at the script a couple of times and said, what the fuck is all yeah, this? You know, yep. I need to, I need, we need to fix this up a little. Yep. So, yes, I totally agree with Luke there. It would have been really intriguing to see what would have, it would have been. Mm. And maybe, who's to say, it wasn't a better script initially? Well, they might have spent a bit more time on it to, you know, someone probably would have come in for rewrites at Harrison's request or something yes, like yes. that. Like, to, to punch things up. Yeah. To make Harrison happy. All right. So that was Luke's thoughts. My thoughts, I'm going to go three out of four, three out of five. It's a solid B picture. It has a number of quite cool set pieces. I love the creature, and I like Treat Williams. I thought he was quite a handy replacement mm. for someone like Harrison Ford. Um, obviously, he doesn't have the same sort of clout and, and sort of gravitas, but he's, he knows how to play, to play it. Tongue in cheek, which is what you kind of needed. Yeah. On the downside, I was not a fan of Kevin J. O'Connor. No. And I know that kind of his stick kind of worked in The Mummy. Like I had more time for him. He was in The Mummy as well in a similar type of role. Yeah. And I felt it, it kind of fit a bit better in The Mummy. It just didn't really fit for me here, which was a problem. Some of the other acting, some, some acting by a bloke who. Played Mick Brumby, saying was fucking disastrous. Yeah, and there were moments I think some of the VFX are a touch outdated. Now Mm. they look a bit a a tad ordinary. So three out of five for me. Where do you Mm. sit? Yeah, look, I'm going to join you on a three out of five. It's pretty much what you guys have said. It's um, I really like Treat Williams. He brings a bit of a Bruce Campbell sort of vibe to it. But when you install Treat Williams as the star of the movie, you lock in your B-movie status. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you lock it in time. <laughs> um, so I think that probably played into played into things a little bit. There was just moments throughout where you were just like, it's a shade off a real gem. Yeah. But just doesn't quite get there. It was always that one snappy line of dialogue off yeah. being a great scene or that one moment of a, of a scare or something like that. But what you get is pretty satisfactory. I also like the creature. Yeah. I feel like the the effects, I feel like the effects for the most part hold up fairly well considering the time and the budget. I think the effects are mostly pretty good. And that, yeah, I was, I was a big fan of the way they used the creature as well. The downsides, as you mentioned, there's, there's a couple of, couple of characters I didn't particularly like. And it's a little bit dated in how it looks. Mm. And, the derivative elements, like you see a little bit of Alien in there, you see a little bit of Jaws in there, obviously. 
you can't help but compare at parts, and yeah. it never hits hits those ones. No. So it's hard to hold that against it, but it's also it also firmly settles it in that lower tier. Yes. So that's I'm out of three. I mean, fuck. Treat Williams, when he realised the budget was $45 million, he fucking had a field day. <laughs> you know, yeah. he, he, all his Christmases came in once. He had 10 dicks, Jerry. Yes, yes. <laughs> he was wandering around <laughs> loving life yep. on the set. So it, it feels like you can kind of see where the Harrison Ford connection is. Mm. That much money for a B movie is probably only brought about by the fact that Harrison Ford was... Briefly attached <laughs> to the pro- tro- project. Fleeting, should we say? It was fleeting. <laughs> a fleeting glance at this. He might have. He gave it a pass. <laughs> he gave it a quick pass. He ran his eyes over the script and he said, No. No. I can't. I cannot sanction this crap. <laughs> All right, into the likes. First one straight off the rank, Treat Williams. Yeah. He's likeable. You. Hit the nail on the head. He strikes me. He feels like Bruce Campbell. It could have been the kind of role Bruce Campbell would have been in. Yeah. And he's he's not above playing it tongue in cheek. Yeah. And he knows that this is the kind of thing that works. You're not supposed to take this too seriously. Yeah. He's kind of got that Bruce Campbell vibe, but can lean a little bit more into the. But you know they wanted him as a bit of the serious action man here, and I can buy him a little more than a Bruce Campbell in that. So he's kind of in between those people that we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. The creature effects. I said that the VFX at times are not good, but the creature effects in general, I think, are actually fairly handy. Yeah. The gore effects are good. Yep. And a lot of that seems to be a pretty good mix of practical and and CGI. Yeah. And early CGI, I guess. But it kind of works, which I was comfortable with. The creature's an interesting creature. Mm. It's not what I would have expected. Yes. And although it has kind of sort of tentacles and stuff, feels a little bit like an octopus type of thing, mm-hmm. but I just dug the way, you know, it sort of it sort of went about its business. Uh, and it was an int- it was an interesting type of villain, I guess, to have in the film. Yeah. And they also held off on it pretty well. Like, they held it back for quite some time. Yeah. Without showing too much. A couple much. of times it drags people out out of a hole or something. Yeah, and you, and don't, you don't see, see anything. And then it starts to slowly build and you start to get a bit more of a sense. And then when they unleash it, it's pretty good. Yeah. You get a bit of a Tremors vibe too. Speaking of sort of derivative stuff, it's definitely got a bit of a Tremors feel with the way they use it. You know, when it's coming from, in particular scenes where like, that one where they're walking along and the, the panels are sort of popping up behind them yeah. and stuff like that. And especially down the stretch towards the ending, I really got a Tremors sort of feel to it. Definitely. No bacon, though. No, no, of course. Sizzles. Yeah. You know, surely he could have attached himself. He could have attached himself have attached briefly. Extra class to yeah. it. <laughs> yep, cut the um, budget down slightly. <laughs> Luke uh, also mentions it's great to see Cliff Curtis in an early Hollywood role. Using his actual... Playing a Kiwi. Cliff Curtis gets to play a Kiwi. Unbelievable. He never will again. No, <laughs> this that's film. right. That's but, right. Yeah, it's always good to see Cliff, Cliff Curtis. I kind of did like the fact that they kind of quickly come in on it and establish character for the first five, 10 to 15 minutes. Yep. We get to know the group, and, and Luke mentioned this as well, as he kind of... You, you, you're building up that main cast. 
at, you still don't know exactly where they're going at the start. Yeah. You know that they're heading in this, a certain direction, and you know that perhaps this group's got something nefarious, play. Yes. And you get a few nice little moments. I really enjoyed at the start there where, I mean, Treat Williams is, is a real goose for the first few times you see him. Mm. But then when he gets in there to help out his um, his engine guy, mm. what was his name, Kevin J. O'Connor or whatever, yeah. when, when he gets in there to help him out, you get the sense of, okay, all right, he's he's going to give us a little bit when, when yeah. it comes to the crunch. Yeah. So I sort of, yeah, I, I didn't mind that build-up either. Yeah, and, and, and I thought that sort of helped just shape the character a little bit. Because mm. you're right, when you first meet him, he kind of comes across as a buffoon. Yeah. Who doesn't really know what he's doing. He's playing doing. solitaire while other people are trying to fucking yeah. make sure the boat's going to be all right. And, and, the, and his, his first mate or whatever, the, the, the girl, has got the shits with him every five seconds, you know, yeah. about his, his actions. So, I, I, yeah, I dug on that. Yep. And I think he kind of brings that to the table. He's kind of un, he's unflappable when, it's, when the shit's hitting the fan. Yeah. And that's obviously going to be required later. Yep. Luke was a fan of the actual ship. Mm. Nice. I, I always love a cruise ship as a, a location for a horror film of any kind. Yeah. I think that it's a really it's it's because it's it's cavernous. It's got so many places you can go. It just there's so many different parts to it. So you're never sort of seeing the same thing. And I think that works in its favour in this mm. case. Yeah. And it's it provides a couple of. Provides some options. Like I, I really enjoyed the way they shot something like the the lady dying on the on the toilet. Yeah, it was. You know, it it looks like a bit of a humorous situation. But when I looked at it, they don't show you anything. They just shoot it with you know shaking the camera around a bit, splashing a bit of blood around. But you see nothing. You don't see the creature at all. But it just it works well enough to give you a real taste of yeah. what's to come. And you kind of just like, shit, you know, what? what is it? What is it? You know, you want to know a little bit more. So I felt like they used it to pretty good effect. Yes, agreed. Note to self, though, if I'm hiding from some kind of creature on a cruise ship, I'm not sitting on the toilet. No. Like, I'm staying on my feet. Look, the toilet on the cruise ship is not somewhere that you want to be. Even if there's not a fucking <laughs> alien creature. That's right. That's like, right. Quite frankly... I mean, we've heard nightmare stories where the toilets have broken down and people have had to shit in their luggage. <laughs> yeah. Nothing like a gastro, gastro outbreak on a boat where the, the toilets yeah, aren't working. Look, yeah. I, I, went to, I went to fucking Barbados on a cruise ship and all I came back was a pile of shit in my luggage. Yeah. Look, that's a, that's a more horrific film in the making than this one was. Yeah, that that was a fucking creature, all right. Yeah. If that if that creature had have hit during that outbreak, they'd they'd have just been brushing it aside to get to the toilet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, oh, you've unblocked it. Thank you. <laughs> Toilets don't work. There's an outbreak of gastro. Oh, and with this, it's some sort of fucking creature. Yeah, don't worry about around. that. Yeah, we'll worry about that one later. <laughs> get your priorities straight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Luke was a fan of um, Famke Jensen. Yep. As Trillian St. James. 
Well, yeah, look, yeah. I thought she showed a toughness. She, but she's always had that, look, you know. Like it's always been a, a, an actress that they've sort of leaned on for that type yeah. of. Yeah, fan of her as 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 an actress. Got some real issues with the character and what sort of what happens along the way. Yeah, we'll look, have a little bit of a chat about that. Yeah, but, yeah sure. I'm always happy enough to see her in a movie because you know she's yeah, she's a good actress gonna... and she plays tough. Yeah, she plays tough. Will. Yep. Poor old fucking Diamond Hunter getting an axe for his <laughs> Sorry, I started laughing. I started uh, laughing yeah. when it happened. It was a fucking surprise. Yeah, yeah. I forgot all about Ooh, it. Ooh, money, money, money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was always the one that I remembered that stood out for me. Yeah. Not the creature stuff. It was that one <laughs> getting whacked in the scone with the with the axe on the way. Sorry. And Luke mentions that. Where's Studi? Whips out a fucking delay delivery of son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> gets in the fucking head. Yeah. And it's absolutely priceless stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, who, who was the one that was getting, you know, copping a bit of stick for laughing at horrific injuries in the past couple of weeks? <laughs> you're, sit, you're sitting here giggling like, you know, giggling like a school kid about a bloke getting hit in the, hit in the head with an axe. Yeah. That's hey, usually my territory. Because it was a surprise. <laughs> I mean, I was so surprised I farted. Cheering <laughs> <laughs> it. I mean... Yeah, but he's a fucking. Well, I can tell, you know, obviously if you're a fucking combine harvester came out and chopped him in a bit, you'd be, you'd be fucking rolling on the floor. I would be. <laughs> and obviously, you know, your, stre- your stress shitting issues that far so squeaked out. <laughs> you, were, you were already so stressed about the situation. <laughs> I know. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. I was stressing so hard. I just. Um, yeah, I love that shit though. That that yeah, sequence that was great. is very highly. It's a bit of a shock. Yeah, but it's also rather amusing. <laughs> Look oh, at God. you, <laughs> Jesus! I bet you if we went back and watched Maximum Overdrive right now, <laughs> you'd be laughing your head off. Admittedly, yeah. You know, side note: I did laugh when the guy takes a fucking can of coke in the nuts. <laughs> In maximum overdrives, so I probably yeah. shouldn't really point figures. <laughs> of course. Luke did mention, I forgot that these special effects were done by Rob Boteen, mm. who did The Thing. Yep. Not as good as The Thing. No. And it was because we were dipping into the CGI water there. Yeah. And it was, you know, it's a little bit larger to deal with and a little bit different the way that it, you yeah. know, especially towards the finale there, the way they want it to move around and how big it is. Yeah. Okay, what else do we have here? The the pile of dead bodies. You know, and they finally yeah. they finally come across the, the, the basically it's a room full of people who have been digested and spat back out. Yep. That was gold. Yeah, it was. And it was on this it was just a uh a build up from all these other moments that were surprisingly gory. Yeah. And then you get to that and it's it's sort of like the penultimate sort the of big bit. yeah, the big reveal of that and it's a little bit gorier than you expect and you're like, oh shit, you know, this is I this don't is a, this is a, this isn't a good situation for them. No. I like when you finally see the creature and it kind of comes down behind slowly comes down behind Kevin J. O'Connor. Yeah, and you finally kind of get a good look at its its visage, and then it basically grabs that bloke, fucking digests him, 
uh, swallows him, it spits him back out, yeah. and he dies fucking horribly in front of everybody. Yeah, where his face is all melting off. And yeah, that was that uh, was really good. Intro, like it's a great way to introduce the character, the 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 creature in full. Well, yeah, and, and then do something disgusting as well while we're at it. And you, you got far more than you anticipated with that. The bloke sitting there fucking screaming and <laughs> carrying on when he's got half a face. Like, yeah. That was a really good moment. Yeah. It, it, it really kind of capped. I mean, if he had got a steamroller over the top of him oh. at the same time, it would have had the horror, the comedy, Ooh. everything. Yeah. You would have just been in absolute heaven there, <laughs> wouldn't you? Yep. I really like this moment, but it kind of summed up the movie for me, where it was... Close, but no cigar. Close. Nice little moment, but not quite, you know, super memorable. It was the bit where Kevin O'Connor gives the, the gun to Wes Studi's character. Yeah. And he fucking tries to shoot him. Yeah. And it's the last bullet. And then, so he tries to shoot himself, then can't, and dies horribly at the hands of the monster. Yeah. I really like that. I thought yeah. that's a, you could see it coming a little bit, but the way that it finishes up, with the guy yelling at, at Wes Studi, it's just like, if that was just a sharper little line, yes. better delivery, that moment could have been really good. Yeah. Um, could have been still, kind of memorable. Yeah, it's still it's still in my likes. Yeah, um, I did like that sequence. Just shy of the mark. Yeah. He's almost being used like a puppet. Yeah. The creature's got him by the, around, the, around the waist. Yeah, yeah. And he's kind of moving him around. I, yeah, I thought that, that was interesting shit. It was... It was a little bit kind of perhaps a little bit um, more nuanced than the rest of the film had been. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I did like that. I thought it was a really nice um, a nice touch. Because Luke, Luke was a fan of, of, of Kevin J. O'Connor. Mm. Okay? He dug on that. Okay. He, he, liked, he kind of liked that light comedic relief sort of character. Not going to hold it against you, Luke. No, no, not going to hold it against you. But I can't go with you on that one. I can't go with you either, but, I mean, I kind of get it. Because, as I said before, Kevin J. O'Connor does something similar in The Mummy. Yeah, yeah. And it works better. And it works pretty well, yep. Uh, It just doesn't quite grab me here. Because I think when you're working in a horror film, or it's supposed to be a horror film, some of that comedic stuff doesn't quite translate all the time. Mm. Whereas The Mummy's an action-adventure. Yeah. So it's a different kettle of fish. But Luke does like the scene where he throws the grenade without pulling the pin. <laughs> yeah, well, that's always good. <laughs> yeah, look, I must admit, I'm going to chuckle out of that. I'm going to chuckle out of that. Yep. I did get a chuckle out of that. What else did I have? The fucking bloke, is it? Is his name Cant, Simon Canton? The guy who run, owns the ship, played by yeah, Anthony Yeah, I Hell can't remember his, his character name. The but fucking yeah, hysterotics, hysterotics on show by him are fucking unbelievable. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. Just a, what is, he's what just is it? over just the a, top. Just a man just in control of his, his emotions. emotions. Yeah. yeah, he's in control. And he is just, there is some dislikes to him. And Luke, yeah. Luke is not a fan of his character at all. But I just found his over the top kind of going off about the creature early on and everything like that. Yeah. I found it kind of acceptable yeah. for the for the. For the some of it. Well, I didn't. I didn't mind a character like that. Again, it's a little bit derivative. We've seen it before, but I didn't mind having that sort of character in the mix that was going to sort of cause them shit from the inside. Yeah. 
But yeah, it was very. I didn't end up liking it by the end. Yeah. But you're right. At the start, I got a bit of a bit of a, um, a bit of entertainment about the way that he's acting about it all. Yeah. But then it, it, it switches. Yes. And unfortunately, we get into some dislike territory with him. Yeah. And Luke, as I said, Luke didn't like the character at all. Like he was kind of like he needed to get his fucking comeuppance, and he yeah. does. Yeah. Which is which is also kind of a positive. Like for me, kind of you have that now nasty character, and you you do away with him. Yeah. Like a lot of these films. I mean, this has a bit of a aliens template, yeah, big to time. it. But I, you look at the way they dealt with Burke in Aliens, mm. and as opposed to the kind of fucking over the top shit that goes on with these guys when they die. Whereas Burke, you know, he just opens the door and you just see the alien's head going, and you don't actually see him get killed. Yeah. The, whereas I think this guy gets fucking absolutely walloped, doesn't he? Yeah, well, he jumps onto the boat first, doesn't he? Remember, he jumps. Yeah, yeah that's the right. Breaks his leg. Breaks his leg, and yeah, you know, obviously that was a laugh, laugher for me there. Yeah, exactly, um. exactly. <laughs> yeah, if it was a compound fracture with both bones, oh, you would have been even funnier. Happier. Look, I kind of liked the finale. It was explosive. There was plenty of action. Like it was, it was going at a breakneck pace. Mm. You know, he shoots the head off a couple... He shoots one of the creature's heads yep. with the shotgun, and I really like the way, while he's still riding, you know, he's, he's re-cocking the gun and shooting behind him. And, you know, the, there's a nice way to end with a big explosion. Mm. Interestingly, Luke didn't, didn't dig that bit. Yeah, I was kind of in the middle. I probably probably leaned towards enjoying it, but I felt that that portion was where the effects were really stretched as yes. well. Yes. And it all yeah, it, I wouldn't say it was super memorable, but it was a bit of fun. Hey, look, he Luke sort of said he, it was it was a bit of a cringe for him. He, he couldn't get into it at all and overall was kind of a bit lackluster. And he kind of said I'm no professional, but surely those tentacles could have snatched the two of them up at, in no time. Yeah, well, and the it's way probably it's true. a fair point because the way that they had been moving through the rest of the uh, rest of the film and then yeah. suddenly they became kind of useless and couldn't yeah. keep up. Yeah. Which, yeah, it kind of hampers that sequence a little bit because I know you you sort of, you set some rules with creatures. Yes. And then you don't, then what you do is you change those rules to suit how it's going to end. Suit the moment. It yeah. doesn't really, it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that was, that was it for me. Yeah, that, that was, was it yeah. for me. We sort of covered the ground that I was uh, pleased with. Yeah, it. My first dislike is it. It just feels like the script has been cobbled together from umpteen other much better movies. So what you have yep. is a bit of a Frankenstein's monster, and that I think is part of the reason why you don't get the snappy lines. You don't get the big set pieces that some of these other films that it's ripping off have. Yeah, I feel like even with that, you could have still got some of those sharper sort of quips. And I mean, we barely, we got to the end of it and I could, couldn't remember any quips, couldn't remember any real real lines that were delivered, any, any sort of zingers between the characters. And so when you put that on top of the stuff that you've seen everywhere else, yeah, that's why it just doesn't it doesn't quite nudge its way up into the 
underrated gem category. I mean, there's lots of movies that, that we've seen where stuff has happened in lots of other movies, but it's still done so well or a character's really memorable that it'll nudge its way in there. Yeah. This, this one just, you know, sticks firmly in that B movie. Yeah, and it kind of, no- feels, it kind of feels a little bit like it's a, it's a touch underdone. Yeah. A little bit more effort and a little bit more time yeah. and care, you might have got more. And again, do you get that time if you hire Harrison Ford? Like, do you get that time? Do you get that extra money? Do you get that better writers to come in and polish, perhaps? Possibly. But then would it have been as entertaining? I, it's, a, it's a real difficult one to... Yeah. Sort of toss up. Yeah, it is. Because you're giving away some of that B-movie sort of pizzazz that we got a kick out of. Yeah. If you hire Harrison Ford. Absolutely. <clears throat> I feel like, as is, just with a few really good lines in there somewhere, I'm really happy with the end result. Mm. Just if I if I got a bit more dialogue that I could I could... Finish up the movie and just that's sticking in your head. Quotable stuff. I feel like it, it gives it it gives it just a little bit of a push yeah. in the right direction. I also had a bit of a uh, you know watching it back now, and it's always hard to avoid this. But things like the haircuts and the fashions date the thing immediately. Yeah. The uh, the computers. <laughs> Anytime there's a computer like the one on Treat Williams' boat. Yeah. It makes the $45 million look like a, a cheap episode of sci-fi TV yeah. at points with that sort of stuff, which is hard to, a little bit hard to get past. Agree, agree. Like, you look at it and you immediately say, yeah, product of the time, where you don't notice that in the greats as much. Yes, correct. Look, the film's a bit too long. Yeah. 105 minutes when it probably should be a breezy 90. Yes. There seems to be a little bit of padding and a little bit too many characters. Mm. So we're trying to kind of get rid of all these mercs who are going to do this, you know, blow up this cruise ship or rob the cruise ship. But it had screen time. Yeah, and I almost felt like if I you mean, had... fuck, you don't need Mick Brumby. No, fuck Jesus. No. But <laughs> you've got a whole cruise ship full of people if you want a quick, gory kill. Yeah, you know? where half a dozen of them get... Yeah, you, you, we don't need to. We don't need to know who they are. They're they're just on the ship. We don't need to know much about them. I felt like with the with the mercenaries, there was a couple of them there that were sort of used for that. And I thought that the I thought that the kills were crafted pretty well. That you could have done without a couple of the ones that take place, and spent a bit more time. Eking out the, the, the ones that were, were there and done pretty well. Yes. And, and, and you know, working with them a little bit more. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. And, yeah, if you, if you need a quick, you know, like I said, you need a quick gory scene, we got a bit of that with the, with the cruise ship stuff. Just have a couple of people get out of the initial attacks and end up getting knocked over later on or something. Yeah, and look, as Luke points out as well, some characters just get nothing to do. So yeah. why, why have them? Like... Certainly characters where there's dialogue exchanges and stuff. Mm. So Finnegan's second mate, is she really necessary? No. Because she's then just yanked out out of the boat. Yeah. Not long after they arrive. 
So what was her purpose? Like, well, there, there was no purpose. Yeah, I actually, I didn't mind the sequence where she, she is taken. I thought the way she's wading around in the water when we already know there's something in there was a little bit tense. But as you said, it, it, she was just there and gone. So She could have been one of the mercenaries. Yes, any, anything like that. Yeah. They could have got one of those mercenaries to... So just a little bit of pacing like, yeah. and knowing where perhaps we've got too many characters here, we need to slice things down. Yeah. Might have worked a little better. VFX, I said, dated. It was early CGI. I mean, shit. Yeah. See, I, I didn't have them in the dislikes. I wasn't so down on them. I actually thought for the vast majority of the movie, they held up pretty well. Yeah, look, they're not, not the worst. Certainly not the worst I've seen. Mm. I guess whenever you're dabbling in the latest technology early on, you know that it's going to look a little bit ordinary in the future. Yeah. So, But I think they minimised that as best they could. Yeah. I was, I was happy enough with it. Now, Luke's fuckwit of the movie award <laughs> went to Simon, Anthony Hill to Simon Canton. Yeah. And he... He just could not, he could not stand the bloke. <laughs> and as he says here, his grand scheme of sinking the Argonautica or whatever it was because he misjudged the market that was destined for failure Yeah, was fucking ludicrous. Yeah. It was just so silly. Like, And ultimately, you don't even need that. Can we just, you know, can we just pivot? We just pivot to who we're marketing to. Can we? Yeah, yeah. Like, what the fuck? So hang on, hang on. The marketing didn't work out. Let's blow the thing up. Yeah. And does he still get the insurance money if the fucking boat sinks with no one on it? Well, he doesn't. He make some sort of stupid comment about that later. Yeah, I was too. I'd grown uh, tired of his fucking stupid. Yeah, I stopped listening to it. Stop listening. But the thing about him was, he does make a comment about how, like. You don't think that the insurance company's going to wonder, well, when we go down to check where this boat is, you know, if they've got it, if they actually manage to suss it out, it's got a heap of corpses on it. (laughs) (laughs) And they're grotesquely destroyed by something. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't there be questions? There might be some questions. And also, Simon. Aren't you likely to go down with the ship? <laughs> Why were you yeah. on it? Why are you on it if you're going to fucking blow it up? Look, it was a gamble. It was a, <laughs> it was a dangerous plan, but he likes to live on the edge. Yeah, fuck. He also slaps Bucky Jensen for no yes. apparent reason at yeah. one point. He's very quick with the hands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He He's... very quickly gets onto that rather than hearing <laughs> her out. Getting into one of my dislikes. Why are we supposed to really like Famkin Jansen from the start? Because she's a, she's a crook. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden, we don't really get any other reason to to get on side with it. You know, we've seen these sort of characters where someone's a, a petty crim or whatever, but yeah. she was pretty heavy. She was pinching ID cards from the captain and getting into the vault of the ship. She was going to steal She was jewelry. highly organised. She, she was stealing jewels. She was stealing jewels. And so... Don't really get why we were supposed to just forget about that. Yeah, well, I'm not really sure. They didn't really flesh any of that out. No. Because Finnegan gets on there, and yes, he's a two-bit hustler as well, but... Did she need to be the crook, though? Did she need to be... No. I mean, he's a hustler, but he's he's the Han Solo type, the lovable rogue, you know? Yeah. 
he's doing the he's doing the wrong thing. But he's Trey Williams. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're supposed to look at him and go, "How can he help himself?" Like, <laughs> no, no, he could not possibly. He could, he needed to put his hand in the cookie jar regularly. Yeah, so <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we're supposed to look at her and think the same thing, but it just feels a bit off that she's highly organised. She's yes. kind of like, she's basically Catwoman. She's fucking nicking yeah. ID cards, getting into the vault. She's not very good at it, though, seemingly, because she gets very quickly rounded up. Yeah, then she gets the fucking shit slapped out of her. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> and the hell I must say, that actually did work to very quickly put us on side with her. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. What, what kind of asshole was that? <laughs> of course. But, yeah, fuck, Luke has, Luke, Luke's got a... Luke's got to be like Luke's got a fucking bone to pick with this character. He doesn't does not like him at all. And look, I yeah, can kind of see it. I, can I think they kind sure. of perhaps made a mistake. In again, he's a, he's an. There's no need for the whole fucking. What I don't understand is there is no need. No, there actually there is a need. There is a need because were they off course? The ship. Oh shit! I can't. Even He's taken them out into rough, into deeper waters, so they could. Well, either way, there shouldn't have been some sort of ridiculous plot. No. Although that's why you got to get the mercenaries in there. But why are they just robbing the it joint? It could have been a better plot. They could yeah. have just been robbing the well, joint. There's a lot of questions. Well, yeah. it could have been robbing the joint, and he could have been taking a cut of it or something, like giving him access to it and taking a cut because. They had all the high flyers on board or something yeah, like that. Like, you I don't ditch know. the fucking bloke who created the Argonautica and you have the captain's the one skimming. Yeah. You know, like, think about it. Condense some characters. Hmm. Uh, what else have I got? I haven't got much left. Oh, look, as I said, Kevin J. O'Connor. Just, it didn't work for me. No. I don't know why it just didn't quite work. Maybe it's because the jokes weren't snappy enough. Yeah. It wasn't snappy enough humour. And Mick Brumby, where the fuck did you learn your Australian accent? Listen, <laughs> speaking of fuckwit of the movie. Brumby? I've had, I always had a real issue with with Trevor Goddard because he he just seemed to, to become Hollywood's Aussie for a couple of years there in the, around this period. Yeah. The bike, I don't even... As far as I'm aware, the bloke never set foot in the country. <laughs> he's not Australian. He's an Englishman. And so, I mean, essentially, Kano is an Australian because he played him as an Australian in that movie. Yeah. But the whole time, any Australian was looking at him going, he's not Australian. You can tell. And if he did set foot in this country, he didn't listen to how we spoke. No, that's <laughs> right. his fucking accent's terrible. So I just had this... I always really disliked I mean, as far as I'm aware, the guy built a career on his Australian accent. He he his most famous roles Jack. Uh <laughs> as yeah, well, he was called Mick Brumby for fuck's sake. Like, <laughs> he's, he's got he's he got most of these roles from being an Aussie. And I'm not sure anybody in Hollywood bothered to check whether he sounded like one. <laughs> so they didn't check his credentials. You know, no. the, yeah, I think they said, were you perhaps born in Australia? Yeah. Maybe they were. On. 
Maybe Sylvester Stallone was involved in the casting. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, wanting fucking Cockney. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I thought Brian James' not the worst. accent was perfect. I mean, look, let's be fair to the guy. It's not John Lithgow. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not on that sort of level. And fuck, John Lithgow should know better. And too. it's not from what I can see in this new movie coming out, Bill Nye trying to be in no. the Although I'm still, I still haven't confirmed whether he is supposed to be in that film, an Englishman who's been living in Australia for oh. a while. But it sounds like he's trying to be an Australian. Um, and but, hey, Bill Nye should also know better. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Trevor Goddard will give you four or five words where you think, yeah, that's past it, and then he'll just hit you with a couple. And you're like, no, that is clearly English. He is from, yeah. you know, somewhere in that part of the world. Trevor, he's not from Australia. Who's your fucking dialect coach? <laughs> well, he was. <laughs> They must have had one on Jag. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, any time Trevor Goddard pops up, and I I should have eased up on the bloke since, he's, you know, he passed away in fairly tragic circumstances, but Did every he? time I saw him... I was unaware that he was, was just, deceased. Yeah, he died of a drug overdose oh. not long after that. I think it was early 2000s. Oh. But... I just see the bloke now, and I can't, I cannot let go of that resentment that I built up whenever I heard him bunging on an Aussie accent in everything I saw him in. Fucking bunging it on, Trevor. Yeah, he was about to stop it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. I mean, have these people met in Australia? <laughs> At this hell. point, I don't think so. <laughs> but you know. We're still chucking John Lithgow out there and acting like he's met Australia at some point. Jesus, John. Bloody hell. Somebody paid you too much. Yeah. Yeah. I said, you have to do an Australian accent. He was like, yeah. oh, fuck. <laughs> Look, I love John Lithgow and I applaud him for having a crack, but when they heard that, they should have said, we've got to dump this. Yeah. We just, have to just dump Just overdub, mate, with someone else. <laughs> someone that sounds and like John And then when John Lithgow. says, hang on, have I been dumped over? Say, yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, sorry, John. We had to. <laughs> because right. this is what an Australian sounds like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get me big brumby. <laughs> well, this guy's not working out. Yeah. Get me brumby. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Chris Hemsworth's available. No, 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 no. Get me big brumby, mate. He's perfect. Yeah. Well, um, that's the that's the worst thing about it these days is that. Now that Hemsworth and Jackman and everyone are big in Hollywood, you should know. You should know by now that that doesn't There's no excuse for John Lithgow. (laughs) (laughs) Why the fuck wasn't Hugh Jackman giving a quick call? Can you give us three days down on set of Pitch Perfect 3? Yeah. Yeah, of course I can. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. The last dislike for me was I, I didn't particularly like the final sting where they land on the, the island and there's, there's a creature there. Yeah. I was just kind of, it kind of felt like, oh, well, tried it. a bit too hard. Yeah, like we've, we've put these poor bastards through everything we can. Yeah. And they got out. Like, let's not pull that shit. I mean, they they were already stranded on the island. Mm. That was going to be a challenge. And enough, Kevin J O'Connor just returned. So yeah, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Although I would have said to Fakie Jensen, "Listen, it means we're going to have meat." <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, he's the first one. Correct. To go. He's going first. <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't mind it so much. I just felt it was very big. Mm. Like it seemed to be tearing the entire island apart. So. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's hard to Yeah, yeah, maybe lighten the scale a touch. Yeah, yeah. That was my biggest problem with it. Yeah. That was my last big problem. Yeah. What well, you? you know, when when Harrison was on board, they were pretty sure oh. they were getting a sequel. But... Yeah, 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 Harrison was on board. <laughs> Harrison was never yeah. on board. Look, Harrison's on board. Just quickly snap a little, snap a little, uh, you know, scene together at the end that sets us up for yeah, another yeah. one. Let me tell you something. Harrison was never on board. Then the phone and rings. Secondly, oh, hello. Oh, is he? Oh shit. Okay. Yes. Yeah. There's not much you can do when you've you've already put that in there. Harrison was never involved. No. I'm I'm pretty. I'm going to be, say, 95% confident that he was never seriously... No. Considering I don't think this. he was. I mean, this, this at best, who were you getting here? If you wanted to go a tier above, say, Treat Williams, who, what sort of actor were you getting? You Trevor probably, Goddard? You, you, <laughs> you know, at this time, you weren't getting a Mel Gibson or someone like that. You weren't getting anyone like that. No. So in the end of the day, you did pretty well with Treat Williams, I think. Yeah. And you know, I'm not knocking Treat Williams because I put him on my in my my likes. You know? Yeah. He was a very, I thought, very. Um, Look, compared to compared to Harrison, I mean, they come along to Treat. They say the budget's been cut, but we still need this much for the monster. Will you work for Craft Services? <laughs> <laughs> Treat probably yeah. says yes. Yeah. yeah. $45 million of craft services. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's lobster. There's, there is lobster on that table, no doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, Treat doesn't know what lobster is. Yeah. No, I think he would, yeah, he would have, he would have, my point, obviously, is he would have come, come fairly cheap and yes. allowed them to spend the money on what they probably already committed to with the boat sort of sets and yeah. the And the, and the, the, the creature itself. But... The good thing about a Treat Williams is you get a solid performer. Yeah. For for the dollars. And Treat's not gonna be asking for five million. No. Like he's getting like a million if he's lucky. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Eight hundred thousand. It's going down a little bit <laughs> And so so you but you're getting a guy who will commit to a yeah. performance for you. Get what you need. What else you got? Anything? I do. I mean, we mentioned why we're why we're slapping Famke Jansen. Why are we also storing her in the fucking ship's bloody pantry? Because <laughs> they say yeah, why gonna, are we going under siege on this? They say we're going to lock her in the brig, and I don't know whether I missed the scene where they said, "Oh shit, the brig's out of action." <laughs> Well, they said, yeah, we've put all the people that have got gastro in the brig. So. The brig's got the only working toilet. <laughs> but the brig is never sighted. She gets chucked in there with the bloody champagne and food. Yeah, yeah. so are we to assume that Canton was trying to kill her? Because that, that, that's kind of what I'm getting. Yeah, I don't. I, I must have missed something. Because they did mention the brig. Last time I checked, I you don't like leave I'm... someone in a fucking cooler box for a few hours and they, 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 they get sick. Probably. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like perhaps I missed something there and that there was a reason that she was in the, you know, stored in with all the food rather than in the actual brig. No, I don't think so. I don't oh, think you, you missed don't anything. think I missed anything? I think that was an Harrison cut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. We can afford a brig there, but that got cut in the budget as well. <laughs> so we'll just put yeah. her in the kitchen. Yeah, Harrison asked for that scene where we talked about how the brig was full up. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's cut that. 
there, fuck him. <laughs> Come on board, so we're cutting all the shit the his riders came up with. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the go was there, mm. but it struck me as he was trying to kill her. Yeah. Which doesn't really make a lot of sense. No. Not at that point. Well, at that point, we didn't know he, he had... Get all this money tied up in this fucking Argonautica bullshit. And he even decided, look, the market hasn't worked out. I better blow the thing up. Yeah. We, yeah. we weren't aware of that little wrinkle yeah. by then. So I don't know what the hell was going on there. No. I can't answer it. Like John Lithgow is an Australian. I cannot answer that. <laughs> yeah. Phil Bample. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. Well, you haven't shared any light on that for me, so that's good. I'm, I feel like you're in the same boat that I am. Yep. Pardon the pun. But yeah, we're we, you know we're on the same cruise ship with you know with busted crappers. We're in the same brig together here on this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a there was an explosive diarrhea situation. We had to we had to lock up the culprits. <laughs> The brig's fucking chock full. <laughs> we haven't got money. Room to spare. Look, I tell you what. Put her, put her in the, put her in the fucking freezer. Yeah, put her in the esky. <laughs> How long can we leave her there? I don't know. <laughs> Let's not worry about it right now. Yeah, just give me something. Let me know why she's in there. And I think we've already sort of touched on it briefly, but in the finale, I feel like that's where the monster really looks the worst. Yes. The, yes. The, the, the part- because there's tentacles coming from everywhere. Yeah. Um, that's where the special effects are a bit. That, that's where it really shows for me that they didn't quite have the technology. It kind of looks like a big it. slithering turd. <laughs> <laughs> a white one. Yeah. Um, yeah it's, a, um, it's a fucking double taper. <laughs> double taper turd. Yeah, perfectly double tapered. <laughs> Um, it's just, yeah. <laughs> I just, uh, it was a bit of a, a letdown because obviously that's where you want, that's where you want everything to come together. And it was just like, yeah, that's I've where enjoyed port- the monster for the whole movie. But when I see it here, I don't really love that's it. That's where you poured all your Harrison money in yeah. that, in that sequence. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's a bit disappointing that it kind of looks kind of shitty yeah. or, or looks a little bit off. Yep. But yes, I would agree with that. <laughs> yeah, good. Anything else? No, that was it for me. All right. So that is Deep Rising. Big thank you to Luke, mate. Thank you very much for giving your thoughts on it, and I hope we put it all out there for you. It has been too long, mate. We'll keep you in the loop with a few ones coming up soon. You can find us on Podomatic, iTunes, Spotify, and half a dozen other podcasting places. What was the one that uh, we feel like we haven't... Yeah, I think we're on there. We're on Deezer. Yeah, I think we're on Deezer. I don't know what it is, but we'll... I believe we're on. Okay. Send us an email, thrillme at iwanet.net.au. From Facebook at Thrillme Podcast Australia, Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com, and on Instagram at thrillmepodcast.au. The next episode, we've got something new here. We're hoping to pull this together. Isn't that correct, Jared? We want to do a draft. Action mm-hmm. heroes. We're drafting them in. We're going to do a sort of an NBA-style draft. Yep. And, yeah, we'll be drafting for need, Jared. Of course. It won't just be fucking take the best. No. It's going to be all about what you need. That's right. So it's going to be very interesting. It's going to actually have to be a little bit of research and effort yeah, for yeah. this one. 
So don't hold your breath. Yeah. <laughs> when it turns do up. Do you need the loud mouth sort of play by their own rules type, or do you need the you know the, the stoic sort of yes good soldier who'll just blow everything up when yeah. when needed? Or do of... you need a shape shifting mountain? Man? Of course. I mean, <laughs> it, who doesn't? Who <laughs> Most police forces require a shape shifter. Fairly, you know, fairly certain that's in the in the frame for the number one pick because shape shifting mountain man would fit anybody's <laughs> anybody's team. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to get onto that. So a little bit of effort. You may this may require due to the amount of work that needs to be done. It may require a walker like break, possibly in between. But we'll try and get it done as quickly as we can. But until then, take it easy. And we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.